Hello and welcome. This is the VCD Roundtable, episode 17. And today we are going to talk about uh, VCD release 10.5.1. Um, with that being said, I'm going to kick off the introduction round. My name is Yves Sanford, CEO and founder of the Comdivision Group, also VCDX and Cloud Architect since Cloud Director version 1.0. And um, Yes, I did this since version 1.0. I was one of the first trainers in, in Europe for this, Matthias. I know the you know the story. 1873. <laughs> yes, back in the days where we brought the cloud in ships over the Atlantic Ocean. Um, handing over to Matthias to actually continue his job. Yeah, so Cloud uh, Architect at Comdivision. Um, cloud Architect since 1874. Uh, maybe I handing over to Sasha. Yeah, hi. My name is Sasha Schwung, CRO and uh, Cloud Architect at Comdivision. Yeah, welcome to the uh, VCD Roundtable. Tobi. Hello, Tobias Barschek, uh, Cloud Architect at Comdivision, uh, mainly focusing on the whole networking portion. Good. So for today, we have the plan to talk about the 10.5.1 release. Um, even though it's just officially a patch release, it has a lot of new features, enhancements, etc. The the whoever actually does version numbering within the cloud director team at one point in time uh, needs to get a badge for being very creative in not following any rules at all from the industry for changes because there are actually a, quite a few uh, new features and changes in there which are a bit bigger which normally per definition should not actually make it into a patch release but nevertheless um, with that being said I'm going to kick it off with uh, one of the first things which is that finally the certificate management is going to be moved into the UI. Um, and it's not only that you can now pick and choose whether you want to do it on the command line or in the UI, it's actually only in the UI from on now on moving forward. But, but uh, that is a big implication, Eve, because you know that the, the awesome blog article everybody on this planet uses to change certificates and to mess around with the key store. You need to rewrite that article because it's useless. <laughs> the the good part the good part out of it, I know the service provider industry, and I know that there is still enough who are still running on nine point something up until the point that they are going to be on ten five one. I can leave that article up and running for the next two or three years at least. Uh, so you you suggesting or assuming that maybe a few just migrated to 10.4 maybe last week or what's your assumption okay just checking so uh, with that being said so that's that's one of the changes um coming but the majority of changes are actually more Wait, in... you're, you're not done with certificates my friend you forgot to mention because it's either or it's either ui which implies the api and that implies that the command line is gone so yeah, but I said the command line is gone, my friend. Okay. So I said you don't have the choice between both anymore. You only can use the UI moving forward. Sorry. Nevertheless, um, moving moving along and actually um, getting forward uh, to the next uh, topic in this whole scenario. 
So, um, which is going to be more or less more, we can quickly talk about it, but we will actually do a second episode about that. That's going to be episode number 19, where we are going to talk about VCD tenancy alignment with NSX projects, because we need a bit more time for that. And we will do that live recording actually from our kickoff then, um, in Fuerteventura. So um, <laughs> that's going to be a fun story. We are going to decide whether we are going to do to do it from a, from the rooftop or somewhere else. I need to figure out which microphones we can oh, take. We, we need bathing suits. No, Matthias, no one wants to see you in a bathing suit. <laughs> no one. Really, no one. So um, who can actually give at least a high-level overview of the VCD tenancy and NSX projects thingy um, and teaser people enough to follow us along for episode 19 then? Um, yeah, a quick, quick overview on that. Um, maybe some of you are already aware that uh, NSX has gone into the multi-tenancy uh, space. So since version four, we have now the possibility to create something in NSX, which is called um, Project. And now with the release of uh, Cloud Director uh, 10.5.1, we are able to, um, to introduce uh, the projects of NSX into Cloud Director. But as you already mentioned, this has some uh, implications and this is the reason why we need to do a dedicated session on it. Good, um, but that's not the only change around NSX and stuff like that. At least you all were very enthusiastic about changes uh, in regards to the T zeros and T ones. So, Matthias, up to you. So many changes. I think so uh, because we already covered the IP spaces topic, which is still great from my perspective. Uh, on top of that, with ten five one, we have now the ability to configure NAT on a provider gateway. Uh, doesn't sound that fancy in the first place, but just think about it. What if a single tenant has multiple edge gateways, right? Having multiple edge gateways, configuring a single source NAT rule just to access internet, it's not configurable, or it has to be consumed as a managed service, uh, configured by the provider in the upstream. But now we can just configure single, a, a single NAT rule for a few edge gateways providing a centralized internet access point for a tenant. I know it's still uh, only configurable in conjunction with IP spaces. So if you're not going to use IP spaces, you're still uh, part of the manual configuration team, but yeah, it's a starting point. So I think that's an interesting change. And for... said you can also set the firewall rules. Yeah, if you are, okay, Sasha is from now on our security guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's an important part, this combination with the NAT and the firewall rules. And and also the auto-creation is something which is really an interesting feature, uh, which makes the life of, of, yeah. um, of service providers maybe a little bit easier that we now have also the capability of introducing some preset uh, firewall rules and preset NAT rules uh, that automatically when we create a new tenant, basic internet access, for example, using DNS, using HTTP, using HTTPS is there out of the box without any further uh, manual integrations or manual interactions. 
Yeah. But if we start talking security, Toby, one of your most favorite topics. Next, next to certificates? <laughs> no, no, we covered certificates. Um, so, so you can now do it via the UI. So that still doesn't say that you need to prepare a proper certificate in the beginning. But uh, let's move on to uh, web application firewalling and NSX AOBs. Yeah, that's that's also which has been introduced by us, I think, since four or five episodes in the past. We have already talked about that web application firewalling from NSX ALB is already supported to use it inside uh, VCD. But now with the release of 10.5.1, we are finally ready or um, we can now really provide it as a self-service so the customer can create their own web application firewall rule directly from the uh, VCD UI without any further interaction from the service provider. Because in the past, only the service provider was capable to enable the feature and needs to be uh, configuring the feature per tenant uh, and also from the from more or less with the ticket handling. And now the tenant can create his own web application firewall rules. I think the only prerequisite is that the tenant is already on a premium service engine group. Yeah, that's that's as as always. Uh, we have still we have the the, the basic and the uh, the uh, premium um, feature set in VCD for uh, NSX ALP, and web application firewalling is clearly a premium feature. Yeah, sounds good. What's next on the bullet list? Yeah, one interesting point I, I saw in the in the latest update, especially when you as a service provider working with or working in different organizations. So in the upper right corner, you saw now the uh, you can see now the name of the organiza organization you are working in. So that's very interesting. In the older days, you have every time to take a look at the URL and can see there the organization you are working in. And now it's really good uh, to see it directly in the upper right corner. Or if you just use the branding to have different colors for each tenant. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <coughs> ah, Matthias. Why do I have to feel that, that if we were to give you the keys to the branding site, we would end up with a completely pink and purple um, cloud director? Yeah, but at least you can choose between unicorns and naked cats. Uh, I choose the unicorns. They are at least real animals. <laughs> um, <laughs> go, go. Speaking about real animals. <laughs> um, so, go what, what's your what's your uh, um, opinion about the new cloud director encryption management and the bring your own key system. I think it's definitely uh, a good step forward so that you can you can finally do something also. And, and I think it's a good example. Let's take it a different approach. It's a good example to showcase that um, the VMware team is slowly and steadily trying to really make 
cloud director, a central cloud platform for a service provider, because similar to services which you have at Azure or um, AWS or anything else, we slowly and steadily see that all these different services bubble up, either as an integration or as direct service. And bring your own key has always been a topic, especially when it comes to federal government or even state organizations. And in those specific key scenarios, this becomes um, a key topic. So the solution in the past had always been to have dedicated infrastructure for these customers, which was not very cost efficient. Um, and so that actually um, becomes a much better approach um, towards that specific scenario. Talking about that extent as well is it's not only that you have that part now. In the past, when you were building um, Cloud Director extensions, you also also were forced to basically put the APIs and everything to the front end. And at the same point in time where they um, did this, there is now also not necessarily with key management, but around that, the ability to basically um, proxy individual services from the outside to the back end of Cloud Director. So this, again, will make it easier for service providers to provide custom services as part of the Cloud Director offering and actually just pass through certain information. So we can clearly see that VMware is doing everything but not stopping moving Cloud Director forward. Like what some of the news out there sometimes uh, seem to say is like Cloud Director is dead. It's like in the last, I'm not sure how many years of like how often I heard is like Cloud Director is dead. No, nothing is going to be on Cloud Director. It's like, mm doesn't look like it. I sometimes have the feeling it gets more features than many other products. Working features or? <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> Only because you're always one or two versions behind doesn't necessarily mean that the features are not working. <laughs> um, Sasha, multiple uh, identity providers. I think you have some interesting thoughts on this one. Yes, so we are now able to add multiple identity providers in the different organizations. Uh, that brings us to the point if a customer, if a tenant want to change from um, identity provider A to identity provider B. So we are able to configure both ones and make the change very smooth. So that looks very good. Now, that's one part here, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, and 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 also to to uh, add on here something, uh, as we has already also mentioned in, in previous episodes, please be aware that the local users are more or less gone. They are still there. They are still uh, supported, but this is a deprecated feature. So local users needs to be replaced via LDAP via identity provider. So also here we can bring in a smooth migration from local users to any kind of identity provider. And the migration of users is supported. Yeah. There's a process for it. Yeah, there's a process for it. Yeah. But talking about migrations, Toby, you're you're the master of the, the migrations. Um, <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's start with it. Because in the past, when you migrated from an old infrastructure and you leveraged like uh, the whole uh, uh, proxy ARP features to keep workloads alive and, and migrate from, from V to T, yeah. uh, you were stuck on, on the old or on the migration yeah. provider. On the migration provider. Uh, to, to be honest, you were stuck because of the nature natural behavior of NSXT uh, prior version uh, 4 um, that you 
only can utilize or that it was only possible to utilize the proxy app feature uh, on an active standby tier zero, which means also my uh, um, uh, my after the migration still my T0 was active standby. The only solution in the past was, okay, introduce a new T0 gateway and in a manual process, change the uplink tier one, go into the database, rewrite some fancy stuff in the database. It was always funny work for Eve, um, <laughs> the master of the database. Uh, and I never made changes to the database. <laughs> For your rumor, I have never, ever, ever made any changes to the Okay, it was, it was potentially ran over the keyboard and some useful commands came out of it. But <laughs> I did not actually, by intent, change anything. But now, with the with the release of ten point five point one, we have now finally got the possibility to change uh, the in a shared tier zero um behavior we can now change the parent uh, uh t0 from a tier one uh, perspective so we are now able really to go as a provider into the ui select our tier one gateway we would like to change from t0 number one to t0 number two and can do it from a provider perspective and also from a uh, tenant perspective if we if we are talking about a dedicated t0 or a dedicated t0 vrf also, the tenant is capable of changing the uh, tier zero gateway from a tier one perspective, which is a huge improvement. And finally, solve the issue that mig migrated customers or migrated cloud providers can now also just switch from active standby to active active tier zero. Makes sense. So some some reconfiguration needs to be done on the hood. Um, yeah, but that has that also changed a bit with 10.5.1, especially all the BGP configurations, but that will be covered in episode 19, as you already mentioned in the beginning. Yeah. One other note is before you upgrade to Cloud Director 10.5.1, because it's a, just a side note, which might not be very clear for some people, there it said where it says Angular version uh, support notice, um, where they restrict the number of supported Angular versions. The challenge with this is if the developer of any kind of plugin, being it a backup vendor or anything else, uses one of the affected Angular versions, then most likely that plugin is not going to work anymore. I'm sure this is not going to hit many providers very hard because they always have a test environment <laughs> which is exactly built the same way, including all plugins as the production environment, and they would never ever install something without checking things like this. But just in case, if by any chance this would ever happen, that would be similar to that you would have not migrated yet from B to T. Um, just in case, be aware there is something going to happen if you do um, any of that. Um, and just as a pre-notice, VMware already announced that they are going to restrict the amount of supported versions even further down in the next version. So if you are not hit by this one, you most likely are by the next one if your plugin vendor is not um, state of the art. So just to keep that in mind and actually um, keep that managed. Um, but it's not happening to anyone because everyone reads the release notes. <laughs> yeah, the release. The challenge with that is if you go into the release notes of, let's say, a backup vendor's plugin, I'm not sure if they actually point out which Angular version they have used to compile the plugin. 
And this is where it's basically impossible for the service provider to know that, except in asking the plugin vendor. Because there is, I, I at least can't um, come up with an easy way on how you would be able to figure that one out. Good. Um, I think that already covers most of the 1051 um, scenarios so far. The basic stuff. Yeah. One maybe one one last thing we could add is the uh, HTTP transparent proxy feature, which has now also been utilized or introduced with 1051 where I get the capability that I can utilize uh, my cloud director to proxy requests to other APIs, uh, which is now in a transparent mode. But also here, please be aware that this feature is maybe not working from an internet perspective at the moment, only from an internal network perspective. But it is the capability to extend your cloud director environment to other API endpoints. Do we have covered the encryption keys? Yes. <laughs> yes, similar to the HTTP proxy, which I covered also before already. <laughs> but nevertheless, it's always good if we cover that again. Happy New Year. <laughs> the year is pretty new. Uh, on the other side, it's like sometimes we had, um, at least at peak, we had uh, eight, eight viewers in parallel. So if you are actually watching this live, feel free to drop us any questions in so that we can um, come up with answers for that. Um, but um, in the meantime, Toby, the next episode is going to be um, a VCF overview high level. What can we expect in the next episode um, from that perspective? Because you are going to prepare that one a bit. And I think we are going to record that next week, I think. Next see. week, yeah. Um, yeah, on one hand, maybe we should start from, from the basic. So on one hand, what is VCF? because I think maybe some of our service providers are not aware of VCF at the moment, because in the past it was not so 100% clear that VCF will be the uh, main topic in the future. Uh, so maybe some service providers hasn't uh, investig invest or spend time into VCF. So I think we will have a look what is VCF from, from, from a starting perspective. Then also talking about multi-tenancy and VCF. So what can we do in VCF? What can we st need still to be done in, in Cloud Director where we can mix those uh, capabilities together? Um, also from, from projects from the past, I would like to cover, we would like to cover the whole NSX world because NSX is some main feature of VCF, but maybe not always fitting for service providers with the deployment of some of the automated uh, mechanism of, of VCF. So we need to talk about th that one. Um, yeah, and then also figure out how we can already integrate uh, VCF uh, with Cloud Director from an automated uh, deployment perspective. Well, what is already possible, what is not possible, where are the pitfalls and where are some huge advantages? I know what VCF is. It's an acronym. <laughs> is it really? Are you sure? No. 
what does it stand for? And you can't use the VM words VMware, cloud, or foundation. <laughs> no, but being honest, I'm really looking forward to the session next week talking about VCF. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, we are going to announce the recording time um, as soon as we have it, because currently, from what I see, it might be overlapping with a live session, which Sasha and I are going to be involved with on Monday. But we will um, publish that somewhere this week. So that gives more people to join in, in live into the session and actually follow us along mm -hmm. and throw questions our way. Because that's our plan moving forward with the VCD Roundtable to not only have um, the podcast and videocast format, but also have live sessions running so that you can actually join us and um, hang around with us. And uh, we even have the capability, if you want to, we could even get you live um, um, broadcast into the show if you're interested. Really? Mm -hmm, really fancy. Um, <laughs> So with that being said, I think it's time for the closing round and the closing terms and closing words. And then I'm going to kick this one over firstly and foremostly to Sasha today. Okay, yeah. What should I say? Interesting time currently with the Broadcom VMware talks, uh, have talks with many service providers who don't know what is the future for them. And so if you have questions, feel free to contact us and keep in contact with us. And yeah, we will support you in the future. Handing over to Toby. Yeah, also thanks for joining. Thanks for uh, reaching out to us with questions um, and see you in the next episode. Matthias. Yeah, we're looking forward to the next two episodes. Firstly about VCF, secondly about the NSX one, live from Fuerte. Um Yeah, I think today we just covered a few new features. What's new? What what might might ease the migration process uh, or the post migration steps after V2T? Um, but the next two episodes will be really cool. Eve, famous last words. Famous last words. Um, yes, as said, thank you all for listening in. Thank you all for staying with us. As you have seen, we are going to be a bit more current now again with versions. Um, we are going to record the next one already next week. We will keep you posted on when the live session is going to happen. Um, if you want to meet us live and in person, Sasha and I are going to be in the Pittsburgh area on Thursday and Friday in the US. And then we are going to head down to Miami for um, a customer kickoff. And then we are heading over to our own kickoff. But um, if you um, see us on any of the LinkedIn medias, et cetera, where we are, and if you are in the area, always feel free to ping us. Maybe we can set up some lunch dinner or something else in between. Um, with that being said, um, we will keep you all uh, posted. Um, you can find everything around the VCD Roundtable on www.vcdroundtable.com and also on all the usual podcast and videocast platform for subscriptions. With that being said, thank you all for listening and watching and have a great day and a great week. Bye. Bye.